Welcome to the second episode of Canary Cast, where we talk about valuing hard work and honoring and respecting the men and women who do it. When we talk about making work pay off, the first thing that comes to mind is wages. And for good reason, wages have been stagnant or declining for far too long for far too many American workers. Everyone is overdue for a raise. But rewarding hard work doesn't stop at the paycheck. People work to pay their bills today and also to build a future for their families tomorrow. In this episode, we're going to talk about retirement security. When I first started in public service, I used to spend hours at United Steelworkers Local 169 in my hometown of Mansfield, Ohio. We talked about a lot of things, but one thing I heard over and over was how workers gladly gave up higher pay for the promise of a pension to be there when they retired. They earned their pensions, they gave up pay raises today to do it. But today, the pensions they've earned are under threat. More than 200 multi-employer pension plans across the country are projected to fail in the next 10 years, threatening the retirement of a million and a half workers and retirees in every single state in the country. They're miners, they're iron workers, they're carpenters, they're teamsters. About 50,000 of them are teamsters in Ohio. I spoke with two of them, Mike Walden and Rita Lewis, for today's episode. Mike's a retired teamster, he's a Vietnam veteran, he's president of the National United Committee to Protect Pensions. Rita is the wife of Butch Lewis. Butch was a Vietnam vet who worked for 40 years as a trucker and a teamster. Butch was a retired head of local 100 in Evendale, Ohio. And he passed away far too soon due to a stroke on New Year's Eve 2015 while he was leading the fight to protect the pensions that he and his fellow Teamsters have earned. Rita has since, Rita his widow, has since taken up the fight. She and Mike are helping me push for a solution in Congress. Far too many Americans have no retirement security at all, let alone a pension. Only 50% of private sector workers have any type of retirement account. 70% of Americans have less than $1,000 in retirement savings. It's a crisis. We must do more. One place Congress can start is by keeping the promise to Mike and Rita and retirees just like them all across the country. So let's hear from Rita and Mike. So Rita, Rita, can you recall the day or the moment when uh, you and Butch figured out that this pension, that there was, that retirement security wasn't going to be what you had been promised and what you had thought? When we received that letter in October of uh, 2014, you know, we would get the generic letters every year from central states and they would say it's critical, but you never, never knew how bad it was. There was no contact. There was no transparency. So I think everybody kind of became desensitized to that, thinking, well, if it would be a crisis, then they would let us know. Well, when we got that letter and he received it on a Saturday, I saw his entire face change. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, look at this letter. And he said, they're going to cut us by 60%. I said, what? He said, 60%. I said, that's outrageous. And so then immediately the wheels started turning. I, I saw him thinking. And he just walked away and said, I haven't worked 40 years to end up with 40% of a pension. He says, well, you're going to do something about this. And he said, and if I'm this upset, and thank God I still work, um, what about the people who are less fortunate that when they got that, they were sent into a tailspin? So then automatically he formed a committee with Cincinnati, and then he got in touch with Mike, and then they started the committee. And after he passed, um, Mike saw something in me when I spoke before Local 100, and um, I guess people saw a little bit of fight in me. And after my more, husband more passed— than a little, More than a little. <laughs> 
And then Pension Rights called me and asked me to become to speak, and they interviewed me, liked what I heard, and this is where I am now. And I'm not going to stop till we get everything that we deserve. So, um, what what passed through your mind? What well, it's, it's hard. It's hard to imagine. I mean, this is I mean, America's in a crisis in terms of retirement security. Clearly, uh, you know, some people have no pension. Uh, the the Congress seems to want to take away. Uh, the 401k that, that others have. It's not as good as a defined pension benefit, but it's certainly something that can make people's lives a little easier. There's, there are efforts in this Congress to privatize Social Security or to cut back or to raise the retirement age. Um, part of the Republican tax bill is, is, is down the line to pay for tax cuts for the rich by raising the eligibility age of Social Security, which I think is, is just almost criminal and certainly immoral. Well, what what goes what went through your mind when you think about Teamsters? You as a Teamster widow, you Mike as a retired Teamster. What goes through your mind with a with a sixty percent cut? What what will happen in people's lives? They'll they'll still get something in Social Security. They'll lose much of what they planned on for their retirement years. What 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 would that mean to people's lives? That you I, think about? I don't think Congress, when they signed that bill in twenty fourteen, I don't think they looked far enough down the road to see the ramifications of what was going to happen. And a tsunami effect is going to hit this country like no one could ever imagine. The, I know that there have been divorces caused by this pension crisis. There have been uh, stress-reduced illnesses. There was a suicide and my husband's death, which I know, no matter what anybody says, and I've talked to the doctors, and people don't like to hear this, but I, I'm on the radio and I'm going to say it. If this crisis had not occurred, my husband would still be here. I got robbed. Our kids got robbed. Our granddaughters got robbed. And the people who we trusted, who should have been taking care of us, they didn't. And then you get a letter in the mail and your life is completely destroyed. I know people are losing sleep. People are aging. We're spending our resources that we would like to spend on our families. We are afraid to. We don't know what's going to happen to us. And, and what Congress doesn't realize is we're a valuable asset here. We volunteered hospitals. We have volunteers at the police department. If these cuts come into play, not just the physical and the uh, emotional impact of all of this, but businesses are going to feel it on the bottom line because all of us retirees who they don't think count or we're, we're a liability instead of an asset, they're going to have to hire people to take our place. I spent money on my aging dad. I spent money to uh, help my kids. So why are these pension plans in so much trouble? Well, there are different reasons for different plans, but none of them are the fault of the workers. Mismanagement by Wall Street played a role. The 2008 financial crisis, again, caused by Wall Street greed, all had devastating impacts on many of these plans. In 2014, Congress passed the law you heard Rita refer to. It's called the Multi-Employer Pension Reform Act, MEPRA. It allowed pension plans to slash benefits that workers have earned. But cutting retirees isn't the answer. First, there's no guarantee that slashing their pensions will actually put these plans back on solid footing. Cutting their benefits also hurts the economy. These retirees paid more than $35 billion in federal taxes, $8 billion in state and local taxes in 2015. Without the pensions they've earned, many folks could be forced to rely on government programs. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to Rita explain. 
If this is cut, just for me alone, my perspective, I'm not going to be able to help. I'm not going to do the things that I was promised by the pension that was promised to us. And that's an outrage, and I'm angry. And I just wish the powers that be would look and see, and not just look at the numbers, look at our faces, hear our stories, and realize if you invest in us, we will bring that money back to you over and over again. We pay taxes on our pension. We pay taxes on Social Security. Um, we, we just contribute in ways financially, and it's going to hit the local, the state, and the federal government. They better realize that we are a wise investment, and they should invest with us. And they need to restore the loyalty or some kind of patriotism. We're very discouraged in our government. It's, to be honest, we feel that we're second-class citizens. So if cutting retirees isn't the answer, then what's the solution? This year, I partnered with Massachusetts Congressman Richie Neal in the House to introduce the Butch Lewis Act of 2017. We had dozens of other co-sponsors in both houses. It does three things. It allows these pension plans to borrow the money they need to get back on solid ground and ensure they can meet their commitments to retirees today and workers for decades to come. Second, it does so without cutting a single cent from the benefits retirees have earned. And third, it puts safeguards in place to encourage pensions to remain strong so that they can be there for today's workers when they retire. This bill is a priority for the entire Democratic caucus, all of us. And we're working with Mike and Rita and others to get it across the finish line. So let's hear from Mike. Um, Mike, tell me what you're hearing from retirees and what, what a 60% cut would mean to their, to their lives. Well, not only hearing from them, <clears throat> but traveling around the country for the last three, four years, uh, visiting different committees, talking to different retirees groups, uh, going to different Teamster locals, and just attending uh, uh, different things in our city meetings, things of that nature. Uh, what I see is not dumb, uh, devastation to the middle class, definitely. Uh, I see people that are already concerned where they're going to get their medication from because if you cut these people 50, 60, 20, 30 percent, a lot of these people are living, we're, we're retirees, not just me. When I got into this, I was concerned about my pension. After I see how some of these other people are, how they're living, how much they rely on that pension, I don't care about mine anymore. I care about theirs. They need that money. They will, people, Cong I don't think Congress understands that when they talk about taxpayers, we are taxpayers. We have paid taxes from day one still pay taxes, and we pay a little bit higher rate than some of the non-union companies because we have higher wages. But what they don't see is how uh, they don't understand that that is a fixed income. There will never be a raise on our pensions whatsoever. It doesn't matter if a loaf of bread goes to $10 a loaf. We're still only going to get what we retired at. And in some cases, the retirees that retired 10 years ago and 20 years ago 30 years ago, uh, yes, some of them are still living. So even though the, I mean, well, I have legislation on Social Security to increase the cost of living because I don't think it reflects uh, seniors' cost of living. It's based on a younger person's cost of living who uses less medicine and all that. So 
with the, with the Teamsters pension, if we restore the entire thing, it still won't have a cost of living adjustment. It will just, is that what you're saying? Correct. So you'll we'll never get another raise. Yeah. Whatever you retire at, that's what you get. And when you take 60, 50, 40 percent away from some of these people, you're talking, I listened to President Barack Obama uh, at, uh, I think it was one of his, uh, uh, I can't remember what it was right now, but he had a young lady stand up. And he told everybody, look at this young lady. She's only making $15,000 a year. How would you like to live on $15,000 a year? When these cuts come into effect, that'll put many of us under that $15,000 a year. That will put us back into poverty. Your property will not be taken care of. You, can't, you won't be able to maintain your property. Your neighborhoods will go down. People don't realize how many people this affects, you know, especially Ohio. You're talking about uh, there's around 50,000 just uh, retirees out of central states alone. And you're talking about a $5 billion effect. So 50,000 Ohioans alone will be subject to these cuts in the Teamsters. Teamsters and carpenters and mine workers. Teamsters Teamsters alone. Teamsters alone, 50,000. Teamsters alone, just who's in central states. That's not counting some of these other, like AFL-CIO and others. And our our legislation will speak to the Teamsters and the carpenters and the mine workers and others, so it's more than 50,000. But you take a hit like that and you think how much money it means out of the economy. Forget the humanitarian side for a moment. Think how much dollar yes. loss there is to our economy, to yes. the local hardware store, yes. the local and ability you to pay your property tax for police and fire Absolutely. and teachers and all that. Right. And then you take that $5 billion and you multiply you multiply that by six or seven times because your dollar has been told by economists to turn over six or seven times. You're talking $30 billion. You know, your dollar, you spend a dollar at McDonald's and then that dollar, that person gets that dollar, goes and spends it somewhere else. You're going to pull. And then you take your individual cities and communities. If there are more, you know, if there are a lot of people in that community, they're going to have their pensions reduced. That's going to have a devastating effect on just that one particular community. And then the people aren't going to be able to to buy their medications. They're not going to be able to survive one way or another. Uh, one way or another, I, we're going to have to go on some sort of government plans. We're going to these people are going to have to either get food stamps or medications or care, whatever it is. But when you look at these people and they're crying, and one thing that is happening in this country today, not too long ago when you got elderly and couldn't help yourself, you moved in with your kids. Mm -hmm. That's all changing now. Kids are coming back to their parents. They're coming back. Their parents are having to adopt their kids' kids. I have many friends that have had to do that because they're Especially, only, especially with opioid yes. addiction and what's happened. And when happened you to, only exactly, and when you only have that certain amount of income that you'll never see a raise again, there's people when they retired cars were still five, six thousand dollars. Now they're twenty, thirty thousand dollars. They can't buy another car. I mean, there, there's no way. But they're, Rita, they're housing. You know, so. Rita, you mentioned um, the the stress on families now with the uncertainty, and one of the one of the troubling things about the last year in, in Washington, in my mind now, is how much uh, the president and Congress have injected uncertainty into the whole economy. Is you know, are you going to change? You're going to take away Medicaid um, insurance? Or are you going to take away the consumer protections for pre-existing condition? Or you're going to give? Uh, what are you going to do about taxes? Everything's so uncertain. Talk about the uncertainty of this pension when, when a lot of your Teamster retirees understand that um, they that. I mean, a lot of us in Congress are fighting for this, 
but it's not a certainty that we're going to get it. Are, are they already changing the way they live their lives because they're so unsure about what's going to happen? Uh, yes, and a lot of them are. It's like everything is in limbo. You know, you can't move forward, but you can't move backwards. So you're thinking, you know, uh, well, I know I'm going to have to have this, you know, this. I have to have money here to pay for the water heater. But then, hmm, I, Madison, I'll hold off on getting the water heater repaired a little bit longer. Or I'll go a cheaper route because I need this money for my medication. People are, they're not um, purchasing like they did. They're not being able to help out financially with their families. Uh, so already the, the possibility of these cuts we're, we're, we're preparing. are already affecting we're, people's and lives. Yes, and people are losing weight. You see people aging in the last four years and seeing the, my friends, uh, them coming back and forth to Washington, coming back. I just met with Wisconsin Committee today. Those guys are dog-tired. And, you know, I just don't understand why it takes so long for someone to say, hey, let's support these people. They're Americans. Let's do this. Because 87% of the economy is driven by the middle class. And that's, that's, exactly what, what, that's exactly what people don't understand is that you give tax cuts to rich people. Some of it trickles down maybe, but it doesn't create yeah. jobs. It doesn't mean we more wages. It doesn't create healthy kind of, you, you invest in the middle class. And that, that's one reason I'm fighting so hard for these pensions because I know if you put that money in people's pockets um, you know, that, are, that are living as retirees or at any age, you put that money in people's pockets that make – 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 a year, they're going to spend it in communities and grow the economy. And that's really why your work is so important here. And I, 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 I thank you both as, as heroes fighting for others, not just yourselves. I mean, my, Mike said he's thinking more about others now than he is himself as he's seen, he's heard these stories. And I know, Rita, getting to know you so well in the last couple of years, how you're making that fight. And I, I just want, I want you to help me reassure uh, central states and other retirees, mine workers and carpenters and others, that, that I think we're going to win this fight. Listening to Rita and Mike, you get a sense of the kind of people they are and the kind of person Butch was. People who work hard, who take pride in a job well done. They give back to their communities. They help their neighbors. Butch and Rita met in high school. Rita told me Butch was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, but he went off to serve his country in Vietnam instead. He took a mortar to the leg. Rita was by his side through 31 of 32 surgeries throughout their life together. Butch became a teamster when he was 21. He never let a bum knee keep him from putting in a hard day's work. Anytime someone would say he was working too hard, Butch would reply, it's my job to keep this company afloat. So we will have a retirement. Let's hear more about that from Rita. I asked uh, not long ago, asked Rita if I could, if we could name our legislation after her husband. And um, of course, she said yes, but it was still, it was great to get to ask her that um, and the look on her face and the look on Mike's face. And But uh, Rita, um, the reason I wanted to do that was one that, that he worked so hard for this, but in, in many ways, he gave his life because he was just working all the time, nonstop, on behalf of his brothers and sisters in the union who had earned this pension. Twice. He gave his life twice for his country, which took away a good part of his life because it took away his dreams of being a professional baseball player. And this 
was the finality of it that took his life because the stress of this did. You know, he became, he went into trucking because he could have been a math teacher, but we wanted to get married and start a family. And uh, he said, well, I can go to school and be a math teacher. And he said, and live on peanut butter and jelly sandwich for the rest of our lives. Or I can go into trucking where they have benefits, pension, good pay, all of that. And he said, what do you think? And I said, no brainer, hun. Whatever you want to do, I'll follow your lead. And it was the best thing that we ever could have done. He worked for Holland. They were a great company. They treated their employees great. Uh, and I was proud to say when I was working at IRC and D and he would go by in his tractor trailer and there was a big glass window out front and I could hit, my desk was there and I was typing. He would toot the horn when he was just a little bit down the street and I'd run to the window and and waving, just as like he was happy, just as proud of him as if he was president of the United States. He was 16 and you were 14. (laughs) You can hear the pride in Rita's voice as she talks about Butch driving by and tooting his horn. That's pride that comes from work. As Dr. Martin Luther King taught us, all work has dignity and importance, whether it's done by a street sweeper or Michelangelo or Beethoven or a truck driver. People take pride in the things they make, in serving their communities and hospitals and schools and making their contribution to society with a job well done. Americans value hard work. They deserve a government and a society that do the same. One way Congress can value work right away is to pass the Butch Lewis Act and protect these pensions. I'll leave you with something Mike said that really stuck with me. I think it sums up what this fight is all about. Just like Butch, Mike also proudly served our country in Vietnam. He served his fellow Teamsters here at home. He worked hard all his life. He said, I've never asked for anything from this country, but I don't want to see them take away something we've worked hard for and earned. If you have a story to tell about the value of work and American workers, email me at canarycast at brown.senate.gov. You could perhaps be our next guest. 